cool, guys, man, amazing, love, that's what this is actually all about, it's about finding His presence, uh, I think that's what this year is going to be all about, is finding His presence, getting back to the first love, um, isn't that exciting? So, who wants to be full of, like, awe? Who wants to be like, that is awesome? Who wants to see signs and wonders? Hey, who wants to see the sick healed? Who wants to see, like, crazy, accurate, prophetic words where I call, well, not me, but the priesthood of all believer calls out ID numbers and, you know, declares great things in your future. Okay, who wants to see like clouds enter this place, maybe fire, tongues of fire on heads? Who wants to be together in a family? Hey? Who wants to have lunches as like a, as a real family with your brothers? You know? I've got three, three boots, and it doesn't matter where we are in the world, like when we get together, we don't have to make up or idle chit chat. We just. With boots, you know? Who wants that? Uh, your needs being met. You know, who's got needs? Who wants them to be met? Who wants a glad and a sincere heart that is soft towards God? Who wants to praise God? Because He's worthy. Who wants... To enjoy favor from everybody. Who wants to walk down the street and the guy at the coffee shop says, Hey, do you want a free coffee? <laughs> Depends on the coffee shop. but <laughs> Who wants to see people getting saved and added to the family every day? Huh? Come on. That's what we're going for, guys. That's, that's what I want. I don't know about you guys. If you're here and you don't want some of that stuff, then I'm sorry. Maybe there's better churches down the road. Seriously. That's our great leader. Andrew Celia said that many times. That's not even a joke. So, cool. So, the, the mantra of Josh Jen is Acts 2, 42 to 47. I'm going to read that in a moment. The fruit of that is what I just asked if you guys want that. And it seems like everybody wants that. Um, so context in the Bible of this scripture, uh, for those who are maybe new believers or who are old believers and stopped reading their Bible, is, so they're the Gospels, right? You guys have all heard of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Luke uh, is one of the Gospel writers, and Acts, you can call it Luke 2, okay? Luke's second letter. In fact, he starts Acts by saying, this is my next letter to you, Okay? So that's where it fits in the Bible. So basically, Jesus has come. He's done all this incredible stuff. He's done signs and wonders. He's proved himself to be the Son of God. No one can deny that saw him do these incredible things. Then he goes on to do the most incredible thing and becomes the ultimate sacrifice and dies for the sin of the world. And then he gets raised up to heaven, literally taken up in front of guys into like a cloud, and they hang around there and wait for him to come back. And then the angels say, what are you waiting for? Go do the stuff that he told you to do. He's going to come back again. It's that song we were singing. He was, he is, and he's to come. He's to come is going to be pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, so that's the context. Uh, so he gets taken up. Then Luke 
to, so to speak, uh, starts with these believers now. The last thing Jesus says to them is wait on the Holy Spirit. Go back to your town, wait on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. When he comes, then you'll have power. And then you'll be able to declare to all the nations the gospel. Uh, And so they wait. But they don't wait at home and watching Netflix. (laughs) They wait together in the temple courts, praising God and having joy, which is crazy that you can actually, without the power, you can have a good time. You can praise God and have joy and be together, and it can be awesome. It doesn't always have to be like, you know, this crazy Holy Spirit, everybody gets drunk in the Spirit, tongues of fire, but that does also come. Um, yeah, so this is them, they're waiting on God, but they, they enjoy, they're in community, they're loving each other. Then the Holy Spirit comes, boom, like a rushing wind, enters the place, crazy stuff happens, tongues of fire appear on people's heads, they start speaking in weird languages, and the guys outside are like, hey, that's, I know that language, so it's totally supernatural stuff's going down. Uh, then they get this authority that Jesus said, wait for, and then they preach the gospel, 3,000 people come to Jesus, get baptized, get added to their number, okay? What does baptism mean? It means dying to self. 3,000 people die to self. Not like a little step of, okay, this is cool, I'll come check it out, next week I'll come again. No, they die. They're like, okay, boom, I must die, this is the truth, I want this. Get added to the family. Then comes Acts 2, 42 to 47. You want to kick that up in NIV if you have? And, man, we've heard this so many times, but this is good stuff. Let's hear it again. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Okay. So this is, in my NLT Bible, the little paragraph heading is, the believers form a community. Okay. So remember the context of, like, I think it's actually so important of the scripture, is this is the first time the believers now form a community. Obviously, the guys had a community as they were following Jesus, the kind of elect disciples, and people were being saved. But this is the early church. This is where it goes down. Um, so you can't do any of that stuff without the Holy Spirit. Okay? Good news is the Holy Spirit has come already. It's happened. So we don't have to, we don't have to wait any longer. Um, but there is a sense of asking for the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, man, I would love to actually just get deeper into who the Holy Spirit is. Because he's, it's, it's a little bit of a mystery to me, even. And I'm sure to most even theologians, uh, it's like a mystery. But 
I know that he's a person. Uh, because Jesus said, if you look at me, you see the Father. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit, if you look at me, you see Jesus. So there's, there's a person, and he wants to continually come. It's not a once-off. Uh, it's it's an it's a asking. It's a continually asking for him to come and fill us. Every day, every morning, when we get together. Um, so guys that haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we love seeing people baptized in the Holy Spirit. So we'll totally, we're keen to pray in comms, even here afterwards. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go down, but you need to ask, okay? And the Bible says in, in, uh, in Luke, it's, uh, it's, uh, I think it's Jesus saying this, but it, yeah. He says, and now I'll send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. Oh no, sorry, that, here we go, it's this one. Um, so it's Luke eleven nine to 13. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to any, everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Your fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do not give them a snake instead. Or if they ask for an egg, they do not give him a scorpion. Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, Heavenly Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Okay? He wants to be with you. The Holy Spirit wants to be with you. He wants to give Him to you. This is a continual thing that we need to continue doing because if we just try and devote ourselves to those things without the Holy Spirit, I don't think we're going to do it for very long. Uh, I don't know. We might last a few years, but... It'll, it'll wane very quickly. So, that needs to happen first. Then, so we're waiting for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes. Praying in tongues. Remember when old Jonathan was here? There was a few people who came and there was this thing about praying in tongues. That's one way to get filled. And I've realized now, having a little daughter, my great life of quiet times has kind of totally changed and I'm trying to figure it out still. She's like 11 months old. I'm still trying to figure it out, how exactly it works. But I've realized that in the everyday things, I need to keep getting filled. So if I'm driving in my car somewhere, I can just start praising God, praying in tongues, and just take that moment to get filled. I can just, I don't know. Whatever I'm doing, I've just realized the importance of continually checking back. That it's not this thing of like, okay, I've missed my quiet time. There it goes. Now I need to catch up. No, no. It's, it's, you can instantly be there again. Just, you know, maybe you need to repent of stuff, maybe whatever, but there's, there's access all the time. Keep asking, and He will give you the Holy Spirit, okay? If you don't know what praying in tongues is, come chat to us afterwards. It's, a, it's spoken about in the Bible. To be honest, I went to some secular uh, stuff recently, and I saw some weird stuff, okay? I saw the, the, the prayer before the meal was one of those little bell things. Wee, shanti, shanti, arana. Like, praying tongues isn't that weird, okay? The stuff's going down in the world, so it can be okay. We, praying tongues is just a way to connect your spirit to God. Yeah, don't worry, I was there for a good reason. To bring the presence. <laughs> now, most of the time I was praying in tongues just to not get any of that stuff on me. Um, yeah, long story. I don't want to say why, because just maybe that person somehow listens to the preaching. Um, 
So, where was I? Okay, so then I want to touch on, uh, so okay, we've got the Holy Spirit. We're continually filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit. Then we need to devote ourselves. Okay, once we're filled with the Spirit, they devoted themselves to all of these things. I don't know if you guys remember, well, some of you obviously weren't there, but uh, I did this short worship thing on the devoted, and it was at Proscar Treo. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, pros drive cars to Rio. Proscar Treo. That's how I remember it. Okay, pros. What does a pro do? A professional does something every day in and out to get really good at it so that he eventually doesn't make mistakes. Okay, we've got to keep continually doing this thing. Car, the car is the vessel. It's the church. It's the community. It's us. We do it together. Can't do it alone. Okay, that's the car we get in the vehicle. Rio, it's paradise. It's the destination. We keep doing it until we walk into the kingdom with God. That's how you remember it. But, so that's what devoted means. Now, let me just list some of the kind of uh, other places in the Bible where it's used. This is what the concordance defines this word devoted as. To adhere to one be his adherent, to be devoted or constant to one, to be steadfastly attentive unto, to give unremitting care to a thing, to continue all the time in a place, to persevere and not to faint, to show oneself courageous for, to be in constant readiness for one, to wait on constantly. Like how much more that's, you know, all the t- I mean, those words, every second word is like, keep doing it all the time. And in fact, one of the other places where that same word is used is, is a man leaves his mother and his father and he holds fast to his wife. Okay? When I left my mother and my father, I was holding fast to my wife. Like that, I won't get too graphic, but it's, you know? <laughs> I was holding fast to my wife. Intimacy, every day, hanging out, connecting constantly. You don't want to, you know, you go on a honeymoon and you're just 24 hours a day, you're together. That's, like, that's, that's what this is about. It's devoting, okay? Remember that. That's, that's the Word of God. So what did they s- devote themselves to? Okay, what were they holding fast to? What were they constantly attentive to? Is, there's a few things. Uh, one is the Bible, the Apostles' teaching. Okay? Do you know that when we say the apostles' teaching, we don't mean we wait for apostle to come and teach us the word. No, because who was the apostle, the first apostles? Paul, these guys. And they've actually written down. So this, this is the first apostles' teaching. Uh, then there is Sunday sermons. Then there is uh, 412 conferences. There's even your home group breaking open the word to you. There's, you know, this is all... As long as it's the Bible, it's actually the apostles' teaching. So this is the one thing you devote yourself to. Yo, one of the one of the greatest cons we had. I don't know, Mike. I think you were in that con. I don't know if you were there that night. Remember, we just read the Bible. I don't know if you remember that. That was back in the day, with Frank Ford and those guys in Weinberg. But we just read the Bible. Can't remember what it was. Maybe the Book of John. We did, we didn't talk about it. We didn't discuss it. We didn't. We just read, and we took turns, and everyone read a chapter, and it was one of the most powerful cons that that I've ever been to. Just reading the word together. Like, try that. If your comm leader run out of ideas, there's one. It's powerful. Seriously. 
And like I was saying, you know, pros drive cars, the cars community, like we actually, I think we need to, you know, the Bibles, like especially the epistles, it's these letters that were written to communities. So in a sense, they're made to read together and they're made to enjoy together. It's not just you in your, in your room locking yourself in there and reading the Bible. Like, yeah, hang out. I don't know. I'm preaching to myself, guys, but it's been a while like, that I've done that, you know. Have a couple of friends and just, hey, let's read this, talk about it, you know. Could be cool to start doing that again. Um, fellowship, okay, community, why do we have comms, who can tell me, anybody, not a trick question, why do we have comms, Ryan, we voted for fellowship, we voted for fellowship, that's the publicly correct answer, (laughs) okay, for me, I like to ask myself why, why are we doing this thing, if we're doing it, why are we doing it, where's it in the Bible, and Community is there to facilitate this thing of meeting in each other's homes daily. It's not another meeting. It's not another like, it's, it's just there. It's, it's Wednesday practically set aside to facilitate us getting into, into each other's homes. Don't just go to come check a box and then fight. Go to some, like that's, then we're getting it wrong, you know. Then we need to actually, there was a time when we scrapped comms in Josh Jen. And we said, actually, this isn't working at all. We, so make sure that that's what it is. So even shake it up. Ah, you can meet on another night. You can go do stuff together. You can, you know, make sure you just, you, the heart is right. You're in the right place. You're not just coming and, you know. Even like uh, when I used to lead comms, I'd often on purpose not do announcements because it would just be like a meeting, you know. You can communicate those announcements in another way to guys, like if it's important stuff. But no, man, get together, pray, worship, eat, fellowship. Fellowship, devote yourself to fellowship, not to going to community on a Wednesday night. You guys understand that? That's, that's big. Okay. Breaking of bread. I think it gets mentioned twice. So, it's, it's important. What is breaking of bread? Okay. You guys know what it is. For me, it's always a little awkward. I don't know if it's the same with you guys. You're like, which one do we do first? Do I wait for everybody to go at the same time? I went to Anglican school. I kid you not, and I wasn't an Anglican, but whenever they did the communion, I thought it looked really cool. I want to taste that little thing they put on the tongue, so I'd kind of go up, and then you kneel, and the guy's got the cup, and he goes, blood of Christ. He pours, and he wipes it, and they give you that. Puts it on your tongue. So, that was a little weird to me, a little strange to me, and it still is to this day, okay. But it's in the Bible. We've got to do it. We can't ignore it. It's there. Jesus does it. He says, do this in remembrance of me. And then in Acts twice in that kind of the early church and this building community, they build it around that. So what is it? It was basically this festival of unleavened bread, okay? It was when the Passover. It was to remember the Passover. So quickly tell you guys what the Passover was. It was back in the day, the Israel is stuck in Egypt, slaves. God's trying to set them free, and they do the whole Pharaoh with the plagues. Remember that? Then uh, the final plague is going to kill the firstborn of like everybody except those, except his people. And how, how he's going to pass them over is by them sacrificing a lamb, putting the blood on the doorpost, and then the angel of death will know this one is protected by the blood of the lamb, which is incredible. So it's actually talking about the salvation, so to speak, of Israel 
And it refers to, I mean, it's cool if you read that scripture, Jesus talks about it being fulfilled. So he's fulfilling that old covenant, which is now the new covenant where there's one sacrifice once and forever, and we are protected, okay? So this is what Jesus is celebrating, and this is what he says is, do this, break this bread, and remember this new covenant, so to speak, okay? Hope I'm getting that right. Um, so it's massive. It's, so that's what it symbolizes. So it doesn't matter how you, technicalities don't matter. It's, it's the heart. It's remembering. It's, this was the Lord's Supper. The last time he's with his disciples, and he's with them, and he's saying, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to give you my, my body. And that's, you take the bread, and I'm going to give you my blood, and it's going to be the ultimate sacrifice that you're going to rub on your doorpost of your heart so that when the day of judgment comes, God's wrath will pass over you. It's, a, it's like a beautiful thing. This is another thing they devoted themselves to. Thanking God. He does it in thankfulness to God. Jesus thanks God, and then he breaks, breaks the bread. There's something of just being thankful and saying, God, thank you. Okay? How do you enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise? If you're struggling to find God, start thanking him. Thank him for 10 minutes. Okay? There's this homeless guy uh, next to the road on the way to like R27, and he's got a thing, and it says, no food in our home, God bless. And every time I drive past, I think to myself, wow, this guy's got a home, and he's got people. No food in our home. He's got a family, he's got a home. Sure, actually start thanking God for that stuff. Then, you know, he actually promises to take care of needs. But we start by thanking, not by looking for the lack. Okay, prayer. Praying. I'm not even going to go into that. You guys know what praying is. We get together, we pray. Thank God, ask Him for stuff, give petitions to Him. That's, that's all part of prayer, praying for each other. Um, there was a meeting together in temple courts. Sunday meetings. It's actually massive. The Bible says, do not forsake gathering together. Like, you know, Sunday meetings, are they a priority for you? Do you come full of the Holy Spirit, ready to even God to use you to impart something? Or do you just come to check a box? Um, meeting in homes. Uh, I want to show you guys this. So, Luke 22. So, this has got to do with uh, the Passover. So, Jesus wants to celebrate Passover with his disciples. And he says to them, and they're like, okay, where is this going to happen? He says to them, go to that place and you'll find a man telling the rabbi needs a place. And he takes him to a prepared place. And I think there's something of having our hearts prepared for this stuff. Having your, this, I mean, this was crazy. This was a room that could take like, uh, how many were there, 13 people, maybe more, uh, at least. And it was prepared. Like, that's unheard of. They lived in small homes. It was, it was a miracle. But I, I just felt God say, like, is your heart prepared? Is your home prepared to have people? I remember Ross Gillespie joined uh, City Bell Congregation. He came from a kind of more traditional church. And he said to his wife, you know what? Our default needs to be yes if we're going to make it here. Is your default yes? Or is your default maybe? Or is your default, like, I don't know. Okay, let the defaults be yes. Uh, and then praising God. Okay, we enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Uh, and this is so, this is, we're so keen for this to happen in homes. And 
I've done it a few times. I'm, like people say I'm quite good at it, but I, you know, I could probably do it even more. But I love just having people. I don't know. I'm always trying to look for God in, in situations. That we had some uh, unsafe people for dinner the other night, and uh, right at the end, it was my cousin and her boyfriend. Right at the end, he says, "No, he's he's they actually he's got to go home. He feels a bit tender. He's had acupuncture on his shoulder. You know, he was he was keen. To, he was been struggling with this thing, and he was keen to try something new." So Josie, as he does that, she just knows I'm gonna I'm gonna go in for the kill. <laughs> She's like, "Don't do it! Don't do it!" Don't do it. And I'm like, well, if you open for something new, like, I believe Jesus can heal you. So can I pray for your shoulder? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And it was awkward, and I stood and I prayed. And, I mean, you won't know if it was acupuncture, if it was Jesus that healed him anyway. But there was just a moment of saying, like, Jesus heals. I don't, something of the truth. I don't know. I just, you know, I, in those scenarios, I'm always waiting. I'm looking. I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, God. And when I have people in my home, I'm always like, okay, God, can we, like, maybe we can worship you. Maybe we can pray. Maybe we can break break bread, uh, yeah, and I think we all need to have that as a prepared place, you know, is it hard prepared, is it ready, is it waiting, is it like, and remember this, this also happened after baptism, like, you've got to be, it's going to cost you, and it actually costs you everything, it costs you, you know, our, the little slogan, dying to live on the little tag there, it's still there after all these years, because actually you need to die to yourself, like that's the only way. It's, it makes it so much easier. Um, after I got married, the single guys would always ask me, "How's marriage?" I said, "Bro, it's amazing and it's easy. All you got to do is die." Okay. And then it is easy. And I think with this stuff, it's going to be so easy if we get filled with the Spirit and if if we die to ourselves. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to encourage us in that this morning. And I think it could be cool maybe to pray for some guys that really just want to get filled again.